This. I'm not on drugs. I'm not drunk. It's Early Break with Zip and Jay. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Weekday mornings from 6 to 8 on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. There was a basketball game last night. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Nebraska, the men lose to Indiana in Lincoln, 78-71. to They are now 0-8 in conference play, 6-13 overall. We're joined now by Husker Online's Robin Washington, who is at the game. Robin, thanks for joining us. We're in a time right now where losing is, you know, there's a lot of losing going on. I'm, I'm curious if you had to look <laughs> at last night, though, Robin. losing going on. What, what, g- give, me, give me a positive from last night in your view for, for Nebraska, Robin. Uh, well, the obvious is uh, the immediate impact of Trey McGowan's. Um, obviously, he's still working his way back into the flow of things. He's got some rust that um, you know, he still needs to, to knock off, and that's just going to come with time. And he gets his legs and his lungs back uh, to where they were prior to the injury. But uh, you just saw the emotional lift that he provided when he's on the floor. Uh, he he ramps things up to where uh, you, Nebraska had a really hard time replicating that, especially on the defensive end. Yeah. Uh, his his effort on the perimeter defensively uh, makes Nebraska a much better defensive team. Now, obviously, when you're matched up against a, a Trace Jackson Davis, it's hard for Nebraska to compete, especially when Derek Walker is once again uh, spending the majority of the game on the bench uh, with foul trouble. But uh, as far as being able to contain uh, Indiana's guards, uh, you know that he he was a big part of that. Uh, and so getting him back was a big deal in a lot of different ways for Nebraska, just to give them a higher level of intensity, especially on the defensive end, but also, um, you know, just kind of give them uh, a little bit of a, a confidence boost that, you know, their, their leaders back on the court with them. So we'll see if that's going to be <laughs> enough to, to finally translate to some wins going forward as, as he gets resettled back into this lineup, but uh, there was definitely uh, an immediate uh, boost that he provided just with his presence back out there for the first time since uh, in almost two full months. Robin Washett joins us from HuskerOnline.com. Robin, we want to talk about the scene, the crowd, the energy in the building. We're not, neither Jake nor I were there. Now, I, I bring it up because Trev, Trev Alberts, the AD's got to be watching that, right? Uh, um, yeah. How, how was it? How was it at, at PBA last night? Well, you know, I compare it to what it used to be when Nebraska was, you know, competitive, and it's a shell of what it used to be. Uh, you know, they, they just stopped listing actual attendance on the final stats. Uh, so the, the final stat sheet said there was 15,000 plus there. there maybe was half that, probably less than. Uh, and, you know, it's just kind of a, a crowd right now that, you know, the people that are there are either there, uh, you know, because they got cheap tickets or they're there because they're, they're Nebraska fans and they feel like they have to, you know, make themselves suffer through that no matter what, like they always have every other year. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a disappointing dynamic in there. The, the game day atmosphere 
uh, is really lacking right now at PBA. Um, and, you know, much of that, if not mostly all of it, is due to the product on the court. But it's just, it's it's not the same like it used to be. You know, the PBA was once regarded as one of the best home court advantages in the Big Ten. It is not that at all right now. And again, if Nebraska starts winning, that changes very quickly. And you're starting to get some of that buzz back in there, and the, the place is going to be, uh, you know, nearly packed every night. But um, the losing and then, you know, just the some of the stuff you can't control. I mean, with the, the, the COVID stuff has changed. Yes, stuff. Yes. Uh, the, the concession stands are an issue. And so, like, just the, the fan experience is uh, not what it used to be. And then, obviously, you know, the people that go through all that come all the way out there and, and watch uh, a team that has yet to beat a high major opponent this season. That's, that's, that's tough to uh, – to, to draw out the fans like they used to come to, to PBA. If you're Trev Alberts, Rob, and you look at this program, I mean, they're, they're not winning. They're 0-8 this year in conference play. They have five wins in conference play over three years now, or just shy of three years. I mean, what is going through your head if you're Trev Alberts, and, and how do you address this with that big buyout link you know, over your head there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, a big problem on his plate right now. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of stuff to deal with at the moment, and uh, this is something that's not going away anytime soon um you know because you make the case of uh you know nebraska's hamstrung with that that contract and that that significant buyout um but you know if they're churning out five thousand people at pba every night and losing all that money and ticket sales and concession stands and all that stuff you know at, at what point does it start to to kind of even out a little bit um you know i think that's something that they got to really look at is um, you know, yeah, that the contract is what it is, but at the same time, if you start losing the fans, that's, you know, I think just as big of an issue. So, you know, I think the hope is if you're Trev Alberts is that eventually sometimes or sometime this thing clicks and they, they do start winning and becoming more competitive, you know, whether that's at some point this year, or maybe you just kind of roll with it again next year and, and hope for the best. But, um, it's definitely something that, that has Trev's attention. Uh, I'm sure he is monitoring it, not only just the product on the court, but uh, like we just talked about, the what, what's going on in the stands. Uh, and that, that stuff is, if you're an athletic director, you have to pay attention to it, and you have to have your finger on the pulse of your fan base that, um, you know, if, if you start losing your, your most loyal supporters, and that's the one thing that uh, Nebraska basketball has been able to hang its hat on, that, you know, win or law, lose, uh, they're they're packing that place, you know, as as a top ten attendance average in the country, and now that is certainly not going to be the case this year. And uh, you know, you got to wonder at what point does uh, the the issues that you look at with you know potential coaching contracts when do those start to get evened out with uh, the cost of you know, your your fan support and uh, the money you're generating in that regard. Robin Washett joins us. Robin, now Nebraska's going to be in some close games down the stretch. They will be. They were in, they've been in them. They were in one last night. How, and now you're not a coach, neither am I, but how can Fred get Cokes better possessions late in the game out of his team? Do you, I mean, you watched it last night. Down the stretch, you know, they just they, they 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 had a couple pretty bad shot. Well, I'd say three pretty bad possessions at mm-hmm. times when they needed good possessions. When they needed baskets, how can Fred? When you sit there and watch, do you ever think, oh, man, maybe he should have done this? 
Yeah, there, you know, there's a few instances like that where, I mean, especially down the stretch there, like we'll get the last, like, 10 possessions. Yeah. There were a handful of really good ones, you know, like the, the Bryce dunk and mm-hmm. uh, the shot they got Trey in the corner that, you know, he missed it, but that good was shot. exactly the type of shot that yeah. you're looking for. But then you have, you know, bad runners at the lane, missed layups, uh, you know, jacked up threes early in the shot clock that, um, you know, you, you, you've got to wonder, like, why can't they uh, facilitate and create something with, with a higher percentage? And, and why can't they do it consistently? And I, a lot of that is on, is on the players. Um, yes. You know, some of the shot selection um, and decision-making, you know, you can hammer it home all you want in practice, but you know, they've got guys right now that in the games are pretty inconsistent with making the right decisions with the basketball. And so, you know, does it come down to a personnel deal and maybe – getting Trey back that allows you a little bit more wiggle room to uh, play guys that are going to make the right decisions, um, you know, more often in those types of situations. But, uh, you know, part of it is the players, but then also part of it is, um, you know, the coaching staff, like in those games where, you know, your team has clearly shown the inability to uh, make the biggest plays at the biggest moments, you know, maybe you need to take a firmer grasp and, say this is exactly what we're going to run. <laughs> if you don't run this exact play and this is a situation, you're not going to be on the court next time where we're in a, a, you know, a game-defining point of the game. Robin, always good stuff. Good job, Thanks Rob. for the time. We will chat with you again next week. Good job, Thanks, Rob. Guys. See you later. Australian yeah. Lions, Robin Washit. See, they're going to have to win close games. They're not gonna, Nebraska's not going to blow t- – I don't know. They might they might beat somebody handily, but I, I don't expect that. Well, like last year, they they beat Rutgers by thirty that yeah. one game, but that was an anomaly. Yeah. It was it was an outlier. It was great. It was fun. Yeah, generally speaking, if they're going to beat somebody in the Big Ten, they're going to have to have good possessions down the stretch, and they don't they don't have enough of them. Again, I I credit Woodson last night. Woodson coaxed his team to the finish line without Trace Jackson Davis for the last seven and a half minutes, and without their point guard for a large share of that. Now, now Xavier Johnson came in, re-entered the game. I think it was with a couple minutes left. But Woodson somehow coaxed his team to the finish. Better team. Better team, but Better good coaching. job of coaching. Good job of coaching. He had Because he had to squeeze it. I mean, it was going to be tough, but he ma- he managed the game really well. He did. I, I tip my I'm – I'm, I'm, I'm a big Woodson fan. I like him a lot. He's a good, he's a good coach in the yeah. league. Yeah, I thought it was a really good hire. Let's play the game show. Give us a call right now, 402-464-5685. Your chance to win a business box of bagels to Bagels and Joe. And shout up Sipple. Sip is 0-1 in the week. Today's topic is former Big Ten players in the NBA. I will give you the player and the school. What team does he play for, though, right now? Guys, do you want thicker Fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. 
So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. All right. Got interesting. It. Yeah, Big got 10 it. basketball you. players in the NBA. Four six four five six eight five. Shut up, simple. Starts right now. We've all been there. You're listening to the radio, and then that rage starts to grow inside of you. It starts to consume you. It gets to a point where you just want to yell, Shut up, Sipple! <clears throat> no, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, here's your chance. It's time to shut up, Sipple. Call now to play. 464-5685. Shut up, Sipple. Brought to you by Bagels and Joe. All right, 464-5685, call the date down, sip in trivia. How do you feel today about uh, former Big Ten players in the NBA? Good, good, thank you for asking. You watch the NBA. Yeah, Yeah, not as much as I want to, but good, I feel good. Joseph, how do you feel about uh, Big Ten players in the NBA? I feel okay, could be better, but... Okay, Joseph. All right, right, Joseph. I hope you have a good Tuesday. But I hope I beat you. <laughs> um, All right. So let's see here. All right, Joseph. First question goes to you. What team does former Indiana guard OG Ananobi play for? Uh, I don't know if he still plays for it, but he used to play for Toronto. Toronto is correct. Would not have gotten that one. Good job, Joseph. Good get by Joseph yeah. there. It uh, sip. This concerns me. Here's your first question to tie it up. What team does former Ohio State guard Mike Conley play for? Oh, I got that one. Utah. He is on the Jazz. 1-1 tie. Joseph for the 2-1 lead. Your last question. What team does former Michigan guard Duncan Robinson play for? Uh, Miami Heat. There's so many ding, ding, dings today. Three for three. Guy in your head. Um, <laughs> um, the Heat. The Heat. That's right. My, and, Miami Heat tied for first in the Eastern Conference. And I am Watch feeling, out, I am feeling heat right now. Yes. To force the tiebreaker, sip your last question down two to one. What team does former Michigan forward Franz Wagner play for? My grandson's favorite team, the Orlando Magic. I feel bad for your grandson because that team's horrible. Yeah, they're the worst team in the NBA. Uh, Franz and his brother, Mo, Mo play on that team. That's right, they do. And they don't win many games. Well, they're 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 tanky. They're they're deliberately not winning oh. games. Tell that to the Seriously. players. They're, they want to win they games. Know. The players should want to win games. They're tanky. All right, Sip, this goes to you. And Joseph will go over under your number. Here we go, Sip. Former Michigan State forward, Miles Bridges, Leads all former Big Ten players in points per game this year in the NBA. What's he averaging to the first decimal point? Yeah, he plays for Charlotte, <clears throat> and and Charlotte has a pretty good roster. In fact, they're they're a playoff team right now. Miles Bridges to the first decimal point, please. Ugh. His points per game. I'm going to say nineteen point seven. Okay, Joseph, over under 19.7 points per game for Miles Bridges. Uh, I have not watched one minute of him this year, but it feels like the leader should be higher than – it should be in the 20s. So I'm going to say high. 
gotta realize, Sip almost got it on the dot. Oh, hello. Hello. You said 19.7. The answer is 19.6. Oh, God. <laughs> How oh, about God. that? You yeah. deserve the win. Yeah, Joseph, thank thanks you. for calling. We'll get your bag on the coffee. Thanks for calling and calling down the road. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, that Joseph. Was, that was impressive. Where did that come from? Well, I, I, the number. I mean, me and Alex, when we spend time together, we talk almost solely about the NBA. You were so, point one off. Yeah. Point one. I, I know Bridges is having a good year, but I didn't think he's he's not one of the top ten scores in the league. No, he's not. Right. You you were. I mean, you. 19.6 yeah, I mean, is it was a good guess. It was like, the, good guess? Yeah. I was going to feel so bad if he went under. You were point one yeah. off. <laughs> I was like, I was like, please oh, I go I needed over. that win. I'm right at 500. 46 and 46. 46 and 46. That was uh, that was a impressive performance by well, Joseph, too. You would you would not have had uh, Ananobi, though? No. No. You would have had Duncan Robinson. Absolutely. Keep going. That's it. What's the four oh, yeah. I had? And you had Franz Wagner. Yeah, because we always talk about it. I'm, I don't I'm, think you would have got Franz Wagner if, you, if your grandson's no, favorite team wasn't probably the, not. the Magic. Oh, maybe, because he's having a really good year. What, what, hey, he's Franz okay. is having a good he's year. He's having like 13 points a game. Yeah, he's, that's a good rookie year. Forgettable in a team that's horrible. No, 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 no. He's he's fine. Who's in the rookie of the year conversation? I don't know. Uh, Harrison, you got Harrison, anybody there? Yeah. That, I mean, you know, France the, the would first be, overall pick was Cade Cunningham. I don't, I don't think he he's having about. a good year. Cunningham's with, having with a good Pistons. year. Yeah. yeah, Cunningham's Pistons are awful, yeah. but Cunningham's having a good year. They're, they're okay. He's proving to be sorry, a worthy. He's okay. They're bad. Yeah, he's, he's okay. excuse me. He's proving to be a worthy first pick. I don't have anybody else beyond that. Yeah, but uh, take the W. That was that was a good win. That was that was a good win today. Yeah, it was tough, gritty, gritty. Right? Yeah, it was it was great. We'll bring in DP and Jay. Yeah, let's get him in for here. the spillover next on early break on the ticket. As a cloud leader at Deloitte, I get to work every day with innovators who don't just wonder what's possible; they engineer it with cloud. If you're one of those people, you'll like Deloitte's On Cloud podcast, where my co-host Mike Cavis and I talk with business leaders and explore how to use cloud to impact business models, revenue streams, workplace cultures, AI adoption, and more. Join me, David Linthicum, by subscribing to On Cloud, where you get your podcasts.